Hello and welcome to the Pain Cave. My name is Jay Friedman. I'm your host and I am very excited to be joined once again by my partner in crime, the Don Draper of Ultra Running, the Fulham Flyer, the Schwangunk Express, the Claire Gallagher to my Claire Huxtable, the legend himself, Phil Vondra. Phil, Here welcome we back are, to the Pain Cave. Back in cave. the cave again together with beer. What could be better on a wet, rainy night in October? Absolutely nothing. Welcome back, my friend. It has been too long since we reconvened here in the auspices of my basement. It's been almost six weeks, I think, since our last show. Maybe feels more. like a lifetime, honestly. I mean, <laughs> I, I think that we should build a little fire and cozy up on the sofa to do this one, but... Uh, Better to have you on the other side of this table. So as usual, we will be recapping all the big happenings in the ultra and trail running, running world within the last couple months since we were on. But before we get started, Phil, what are we drinking tonight? Well, we have a couple of very nice looking beers here from Frost Beer Works, Plush and Lush. Um, I think that we start with Plush and then we go Lush. That sounds my... perfect. These are both, I, I believe, idea. double IPAs. Yeah, they are from Heinsberg VT. Courtesy um, of Kirsten Quartz, once yeah, again. Thank you very much. Our Northeast Connection right. beer supplier. I'm cracking the plush. All right, bring it on. If you're lucky, I'll give you some. All right, pass me your glass. Thank Sounds you very much. When, nice. While you fill those up. So the last time we were on, we did a full deep dive into, I believe, thank you very much, the... Results from Western States, everything that was going on there, some early summer results, and we kind of touched a little bit on UTMB going forward. Cheers. Cheers. Yummy. Oh, yeah, that's really good. That is so good. Yeah. Ooh, that's very good. I like that a lot. So I think we should probably start by going back to UTMB, and this this feels maybe a little bit, um, a little late in the game, I guess, as, as we've all had plenty of time to digest these results, but... Yeah. It, it really is, obviously, as, as we've mentioned many times before, the, the biggest weekend of the year for really ultra trail running out there. And uh, there were plenty of storylines coming out of that week this year that we would be remiss if we did not address. So let, let's start with the biggest storyline, which is, once again, I, I think, or, or I, I guess from the U.S. standpoint, the biggest storyline is going to be Courtney. And we'll get to her in a bit. But for me, the, the storyline that I kind of wanted to address is, once again, you know, despite having a really strong representation on the, the U.S. men's side for the main event, once again, the U.S. men come up short and in, in really spectacularly disappointing fashion this year. Yeah, they had a, a little bit of a shocker. I mean, uh, the highest finish was uh, Jason Schlaub, right? 19th. Um, and he was, uh, you know, a few hours back on uh, Powell Capel. I'm really not sure what's going on. I mean, I, I was been thinking about it. I mean, Maybe people need to get there a bit earlier, spend a month in those mountains or six weeks and really, you know, just have that as the sole focus of the season. Right. I, it's hard to know what exactly what's going on, but I can't imagine that, you know, six weeks in the Alps is going to hurt you. You know, like get there, have a good build up, have some rest as well. Don't go crazy. I think I think people are getting there maybe two weeks before are doing a little too much. Right. And this was, I don't know if you heard on Billy Yang's podcast, he did a kind of a... He was out there for the, the whole week and did a couple shows leading up to it. Uh, had a, actually a really great, I don't know if you heard, interview with Lucy Bartholomew while they were out there. I saw he interviewed her. I didn't listen to uh, it. You got to listen to that one. Yeah. It was great. She, she's like, right now, she and, and Courtney are my two favorite people in the sport. Yeah. And this yep. was just a fantastic interview. But he, he had a, a kind of a recap show afterwards with Coop and Mario Frioli 
where and where you know both of them had obviously athletes in the race that you yeah. know didn't do as well as they had hoped tim on the men's side is one of mario's athletes and uh casey for for coop you know representing yeah. uh on coop side on the women both uh dnf ultimately and they were talking about a lot of the things that you were just mentioning as right. to why why haven't we figured this out you know, it's it's a multifactorial problem, I think. But I think one of yeah. the things you mentioned is is definitely right, and and they they spent a good bit of time talking on that. People are getting over there, maybe two weeks in advance, which sounds like a lot of time, but maybe isn't enough. And and uh, they both felt like a lot of people maybe are kind of leaving their race out on the course the week before. You know, you yeah, get in there and you want to see the course, and these people, you know, they're they're running pretty much all the course over a three or a four day stretch and then doing a taper. And, and that may just not be enough time to really absorb that. And, you know, Coop made the point that there really aren't that many places in the U.S. where you can adequately prepare for the type of terrain and the type of climbing that yeah. you're going to see at UTMB. There just aren't that many places where you're getting these sustained, you know, one to two hour climbs. And, you know, unless you're basically spending the summer in Colorado uh, or Utah, maybe, you know, you, you, you really have to be over there. Now, that doesn't explain still, yeah. that, that doesn't explain everything away. I mean, Schlarb does go there the whole summer and he ran fine, although yeah. I, I'm sure he was disappointed. You know, a top 20 is very good there, but, you know, yeah. as somebody who's been in the top five before, I'm sure he was disappointed with that. I know he was building his whole year around that to some extent and he had been running really well beforehand, but still a, a solid performance for somebody who was there all summer, you know, obviously that doesn't fix the entire problem, but I think that's one of, I think a few things that, that these guys have to look at because what we're doing, I mean, the talent that we had there between not just Schlar, but Tim Tolfson, Hayden Hawks, I mean, just going down the list and looking at the people who started and didn't fit, didn't finish, uh, both Andrew Miller, a former Western States champ, Zach Miller, we all know about, he's been yep. in the top 10 there before. Timmy Olsen, who seemed like he was on the comeback trail this year. Alex Nichols, who has won Run Rabbit yeah. before and been on the podium at Western States. I mean, none of these guys finished. Uh, so yeah. there's, there's, there's something that we are not doing correctly. And they have impressive CVs, those guys. I mean, they know what they're doing. I mean, yeah. they, you know, it's not their, their, their first time out there. They've all done well before. Um, it's, it's very hard to, to nail it. But I think... You know, getting out there just a couple of weeks beforehand, they have a lot of sponsorship commitments, put a lot of time on their feet, running around, getting up early, doing this, doing that, stuff in the evenings. Um, you know, I think so maybe a little bit more acclimatization, a little bit more kind of resting, but I think you could be right with the, you know, they're, they're kind of peaking the week before. And then right. by the time it comes to the race, they're a little, a little tired. The sponsorship obligations was another thing that these guys had talked about right. as you know, part of the issue is that, you know, UTMB and the coverage around it has driven a lot of the popularity of the sport and the sponsors are there and that's where the money is coming. And these guys, you know, and gals are, are in large part making a living because of what they're able to offer their sponsors. But the obligations seem like they're getting overwhelming. And it, yeah. when these guys are doing two or three events a day for a week, it's just too much. Um, you know, yeah, e even if you're even if you're sitting around, it's it's mentally and emotionally that's got to be draining for them, and that may be that that was one thing that both Mario and Coop were talking about. Yeah, and then you know, it's just their social media stuff. You know, they're on their phones, they're on their computers, they're they're writing stuff. They're 
you know, probably answering emails, that kind of thing. I think, um, yeah, maybe a little bit more of a kind of, you know, switching off from the outside world for a little bit beforehand, right. kind of really, you know, relaxing and, and resting prior to an incredibly tough race. Right. Um, right. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. With the amount of talent that we have across the board and the success that U.S. runners have been having both domestically and abroad over the past couple of years, it's going to happen eventually, but we are, we are just not figuring this out yet. So, uh, you know, we, it's another year that, that the U.S. men ends in a little bit of disappointment. Uh, for the women, obviously, Courtney, just an, another just incredible performance. Uh, that was yeah, amazing. Just an unbelievably cool race um, that yeah. she ran on on a day that it didn't seem that she had her A game necessarily, but yeah, uh, just ran so smart and so well paced and and you know even when she was you know even when she's clearly struggling, she's still able to smile and and kind of oh, yeah. grit her teeth and and get it done and moves pretty well when she's struggling. I mean, yeah, I thought she was really smart. I mean, Miao Yao went off hard. You know, she really went off. I mean, I think she was in the top 10 for a fair amount of the race. And I mean, something like a 20-minute lead at 20K yeah. or something. I mean, she was way out in front. Courtney stayed super cool and, you know, just bided her time. I think that was really smart racing from her. And, you know, I mean, it got tougher at the end, but it's a long way. It's going to get tough. And, you know, she finished super strong, kept it together. It was just an amazing thing to see her winning that. So Miao Yao, the 2018 CCC winner, making her, and who I think did the same thing last year at CCC, basically running right off the front. Yeah. And yeah. I think everyone kind of anticipated her going out hard from the gun. I don't know if anyone anticipated her going out quite this hard. Mm. But she had, I think it was a 12-minute lead at Cormayeur at the 80K mark. Right. And uh, 12, 12K later at 92K, Courtney had a 10-minute lead. So right. it was a 22-minute wow. change, change in about a 12K stretch. Yeah. Uh, and that was the crux of the race there. And, and uh, Yao ultimately dropped out. And uh, Courtney just extended that lead out and, you know, held on through some tough times over the last 50K, it sounded like. Yeah, she did. And where was she overall? Like 21st, wasn't she or something? I think so. I think she was just behind right. just behind Schlarb or just ahead yeah. of Schlarb. I can't remember exactly I think just behind. I mean, I think at one point, I think she was sort of 12th or something. I mean, she, was, she ran really strong. I mean, it's a great performance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Katie Scheid running in the top 10 all day came in yeah. a little bit under the radar, although I think the people in the know were expecting her to have a good day, and she did. Uh, yeah, sixth place, right? Yeah, That's really solid for, 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 the, for the, the U.S. women there. Courtney becomes, I think, the third U.S. Women, woman to win that race, right? Yeah. Um, Rory Bossio. Rory twice. And she was eighth. Well, she had a, you know, a good day. I mean, she's won it twice, but eighth is, is still good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, three three U.S. women in the top eight. Also a Brit, uh, Beth Pascal, running in the top yeah, five. Yeah, top five. Really Watch excellent. Uh, Cor- but Courtney, again, dominating with a, a one-hour margin of victory. Casey, it sounded like, was running great and had a fairly nasty fall, cut up her face. And, yeah. I mean, she looked pretty banged up afterwards. But uh, actually, I saw she's back and, and had run something recently where she looks like she's rolling again. Yeah, she does. She, she had, I think, a cut on her head from the picture yeah. I saw. Yeah. Uh, Corinne Malcolm with the DNF. It sounded like she had some GI issues, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, Francesco Canepa, the defending champ, yeah. who we had talked a lot about going into Western States uh, with the DNF here. I'm not sure what the issue was with her. Yeah, I don't know, but I felt that she would, you know, kind of be top three type thing. But uh, I guess she just had a bad day out there. Yeah. And that is the thing with ultra running, right? You can do all the training, be feeling great, and then... Just your day can turn can turn real bad. Yeah, it's it's hard to know. Just to go back for, to the men for a second, you mentioned Pau Capel, yeah. who has been 
if not the dominant force in kind of uh, international trail running over the last two years, I would say among the top five to seven guys that you would list up there along with yeah. uh, Killian and, and Xavier and Jim and, you know, maybe a, a short handful of others, he's been one of the dominant forces. And really, other than Killian, I don't know that we've ever seen anyone win this race in this way before. That's crazy. I mean, watching the footage, they weren't sure where he was. He was so far ahead. There was a group of, of runners at one point. You know, I think it was uh, like Tim and uh, maybe Zach. And, um, you know, running along, they were like, where's where's Powell Capel? Is he behind? Is he ahead? I think he averaged for the first 3.7 miles, six-minute miles. I mean, it's flat, but that's a real that's fast way to start, you know, a 170-kilometer race. That's insane. With that kind of gain. I just kept them hearing talking about his socks. He had bright, like, green-yellow socks on, like, or shoes. And they were like, we can tell by his shoes or his socks, you know, looking for this guy. <laughs> but he was so far ahead. Nearly a, nearly a one-hour margin of victory over defending champ uh, Xavier Thevenard. Yeah. Uh, Scott Hawker from New Zealand with a real breakthrough in the in, oh, to, yeah. to round out the podium. That was fantastic. And what a day he had. I mean, I think he was sort of 60th at one Yeah, he one came point. from way back. Yeah, he was having a real bad day, and he brought it around. I mean, it's... Such a good lesson to be learned there as well. You know, he just stayed strong, finished third, absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, and, and it looked at one point like he was probably going to drop, but he just kept going and, and just totally turned his day around. It was remarkable. And uh, Tom Owens, we didn't, um, I, I didn't, yeah. he, he, I didn't hear Another a lot Englishman. about him going in, but, you know, uh, a, a great run. Yeah, really good. He's uh, He's done well. And he's starting to become a feature in the, you know, the sort of uh, podium area of these big races now. So yep. exciting. See what see what he does next year. And Andy Simmons rounding out the top five. Two yeah. Brits in the top five. Excellent yep. to see. Yeah, that was good. Paul uh, Giblin also in the top 25. Um, multi, multi-time top tenor at Western States. And he's run yeah. well at UTMB before. Yep. But again, we're seeing this, you know, not quite perfect crossover between mm. Western States and UTMB that I think keeps getting borne out again and yeah. again. Not many people have fix, figured out both. I mean, the, yeah, the, the people that, that have really figured out both of them is a very, very short list. I mean, you'd put Killian, Killian on that list. You'd Killian, put Courtney on Killian. that list. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I, Francois obviously has won UTMB. He's been in the top 10 at States, including a second, although a very, very distant second right. uh, to Jim yep. last year. And uh, that, that could kind of be the list. I mean, you yeah. got guys who have been top five double. to 10. Uh, you know, Debo's got top. Debo's got a podium at states and a top ten at at UTMB. Yeah. Um, and, and but yeah, and there's a, a couple other guys in that kind of general range where you've been you've been fourth to eighth at both races. But in terms of people really nailing down both of them, it's a very very short list. Very and I short. think that that kind of proves the point that we were talking about in our states pod about how these are really very different races. Yeah. Um, you know. Both technically mountain hundreds, but this is a true mountain race. Whereas I think states is, as we see, a fast race at altitude. Right, exactly. Know, it, it's, it's a track trails. meet that happens to have yeah. mountains, a couple of mountains in it. Yeah. Other stories from UTMB week: uh, CCC, OCC, TDS. What what uh, stuck out to you? Um, I think Amanda Basham had a, a really good run at CCC, second place. Yep. Uh, I thought that was great. And, you know, CCC is no joke. 100K, 20,000 feet of gain. Uh, I think she did really well there. 
uh, behind Ragnar de Bats. Great, great that day for the U.S. women there. Amanda in second, Stephanie Howe in fourth, Rachel yep. Drake in seventh, Abby Hall in eighth. Really, really strong. Yeah, American women doing well at the CCC. Yeah. Uh, Elsa McDonald from, from Canada running a top 10 there as well. Uh, Mario Mendoza on the men's side with a top 20. Not yeah. uh, awesome, but not, not bad. Yeah, uh, really I, a solid showing. I think we figured he'd be a little faster than that, right? When we were kind of talking about it and having a think about it. Yeah, but again, he's a speedster. Uh, yeah. I think, and I think we've seen him have the most success at really runnable races, you know, Bandera, that sort of thing. Uh, he's run well at Cayuga trails and that sort of yeah. thing. And, and, you know, maybe hasn't ventured as much into the big mountains as we've, as we've seen before. So, you know, a, a good showing for somebody who maybe isn't accustomed to that kind of terrain. TDS looked kind of interesting as well. I mean, the, the new course, 90 miles, basically 30,000 feet of gain. That looks seriously hard. That's uh, Audrey Tangay winning that for the women. And then Hilary Allen in second. I think that was a, a good showing there. She's so good. Yeah, really good. I mean, really tough in the mountains. She's on my list of uh, just favorite people in the sport right yeah. now. Yeah, love, she's, love her on Instagram. She's crushing. And she was close. She was uh, only uh, 15 minutes back, I think, of Audrey Tangay, the, the, right. who actually repeated there. And uh, Pablo Villa. For the men with a about a 15 minute win as well over dmitry mitiev who yep. was in that really tight uh finish last year with right. um debo and uh oh that's right yeah and uh marcia sweet sweets yeah uh in that really tight one two three finish that we talked about a lot occ uh us cole watson and patrick regan both in the top 15 not yeah, too bad there decent uh mako uh 53rd i saw alex varner in 57th yeah yeah, not, not much to say there. Ruth, Qua, Ruth, Ruth Croft, Croft for winning. the women, yep. um, I think a, a repeat win to nobody's surprise. That was Yeah, a, and I think know. she was a fair way out ahead on yeah, that. Yeah, that so. was a dominating win. Good but it's good to see OCC getting a little bit more competitive as well. Because yeah. yeah, I think that's, that's great. you know, I think last, you know, we talked about the last three or four years, CCC is, has kind of come up to nearly UTMB levels in terms of the the field strength and and kind of the importance and tds we saw in the last couple of years is starting to creep up and occ yeah. has, has always been a little bit kind of laggy behind yep. those and and to see the strength of field in those two yeah. now uh and and obviously ruth coming back to to defend is is a a real boon for that race so yep. i mean this weekend is turning into one of the craziest things in the, oh, really the ultra world it, i mean the cover the coverage is amazing i mean and the way they all kind of roll into what you know, the next race is just brilliant. I mean, oh, the scheduling is like a whole week of the scheduling is amazing. The scheduling, I yeah. mean, they they figure that out, and the I mean, the coverage and the media is, I, I I don't know what it would take to get something like that in in this in the states, but um, God, that would be awesome. Oh, it'd be amazing. Yeah, I mean, because it's like a, it's it's like a real event. It's yeah. like a oh, football yeah. game here yeah, or whatever. I mean, you know, you could uh, have a, a UTMB party. You know, up through yeah. the night watching the UTMB. I mean, it's great. In the aid stations, they have such good coverage out on the course. I mean, they had a guy running with Courtney basically like the last 10 miles with a camera on a stick. I mean, it was so good. It's so awesome. Yeah, I loved it. So, excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, and a real bounce back for Courtney after yeah, so some good. mid-season struggles and obviously the hip injury that, that knocked her out of Western States and everything else. Good to see her rounding into form. And we've got... The World 24-Hour Championship's coming up pretty soon. What's that, three weeks away now? By the time people hear this, it's going to be less than that, yeah. Right. And um, That's cool. I mean, we've got the U.S. women 
I, th- I would think have to be the overwhelming favorites if Courtney Absolutely, is yeah. ready to go. We saw this past weekend Camille yep. run a 327.50K in what looked like a fairly comfortable effort yep. at Hennepin. Uh, seems like she's in good form. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yep. you know, Megan Alvarado and Pam Smith. And it's I, I, I see that team being a, probably a dominant force there, assuming everyone yeah. gets the start line healthy. That's good to see. Okay, so that's... I think enough about UTMB and the goings-on over in Chamonix for another year. Let's talk about some other results that have been going on over the past couple of months. There's, uh, you know, things have started to heat up both on the trails and on the roads. We've seen some some really interesting races, some cool performances from folks that we haven't heard from in a little while. Where do you want to start? Well, I was kind of excited by the Leadville 100. I mean, especially with Jared Hazen going there, I really thought something you know special might happen in terms of the record. But I think he dropped at like mile 45 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, is that as you get to Hope Pass, or is that I'm not pretty quite much? Sure. Yeah. So uh, you get into Twin Lakes, which is the lowest point on the course. That's at about 39 miles. And from there, you cross the Snake River, I think, and then you start the climb up to Hope Pass. So 45 is right about at the top of Hope Pass. There's a there's an aid station there, and I think that's where he wound up pulling the plug. And this was after basically going out from the gun and establishing a yeah. pretty sizable lead and was running more or less... On pace for the record, yeah, I think. Yeah, on course yeah. record pace. Right, His split's either right with Rob's from last year or yeah. slightly ahead, mm-hmm. uh, certainly looking you know, like he could challenge that, that Carpenter record, which has stood for so long. And I think he was still in the lead when he, when he dropped. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was a shame. I mean, Ryan Smith ended up winning it. He's had some some good runs. Uh, 16.33. I mean, that's a decent time, isn't it? 16.33 there? 16.33 is very good. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very good. It's not, you know, uh, an all-time kind of yeah. performance there. I think if you, if you want to be considered... You know, among the the all time Leadville greats, I think something under sixteen hours is uh, right. that's that's kind of in those top ten yep. kind of performances there. Right. But sixteen thirty three is very good. Solid time, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, it looked like he ran, you know, really strong kind of throughout, and yep. just you know did not let Jared getting out hard to get into his head. Yeah. Now I wonder if that that affected Jared. You know that this guy was not giving up. You that know, that, he, he, that he still past, had a, he was on him. Right. I mean, I think I think that Jared was like 15 minutes up on him, but I guess it's not a huge margin at that point. Especially Jared probably thought maybe got half an hour, 45 right, minutes. Right, exactly. If he was expecting right more of like a 45-minute lead yeah. at, at 40 miles, yeah, whereas, right, it was only about 15 or 20 minutes, and, and that's a good point. That's an excellent point. The women's race, two former Western States champs dueled it yeah, out. Yeah, what a cool race. That was really fun. And uh, good to see Magda back on top of the podium. Cat Bradley. Yeah, that was great. Former Western States champ, about about half an hour behind, I think. Yeah, yeah, they were uh, they were fairly close, and I think um, Magda was eleventh overall. So a good day out for her, and uh, you know both of them obviously uh, really good uh, good runners at this uh, race. So. Yeah. Great to see both of them because uh, it's been a little quiet from both of them, I think, over the last yeah. six to eight months or so. So that was good to see them both in form. Third place, Samantha Wood, over three hours behind uh, yeah. the second place finisher. So, um, yeah, just showing how, how dominant the two of them were. I guess to the question for next year is, does Jim go to Leadville, try and break that course record, or does he go to UTMB? Because it's just too close, right? You can't. You can't you, do both. No, those are only about 10 days apart. So I wonder two, what's going to be on his radar. I mean, I would guess UTMB. Well, 
from what I remember, the last interview I heard with him, and this was a while ago, but his, you know, he went to Sierra Zanal this year as kind of a recon. Okay. And the goal was to, I think, really go after Sierra Zanal next summer. Now, which would, to me, imply if he's going hard at Sierra Zanal, he's going hard at UTMB also. He that didn't say sense. that, but that, yeah. would, that would make perfect sense to me. Right. And I think... So I think the setup he was talking about was because he starts the year on the roads at the U.S. Olympic Trials Marathon. Yeah, February is that? February. Right. And then I think he was going to roll that into Comrades in June or late May, early June. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Sierra Zanal, and I would assume from that point UTMB, and I guess Leadville will have to take a back seat. I'd be surprised if he's going to try and do Sierra Zanal and Leadville. That doesn't make a ton of sense. Uh, talking of Jim, he won the Ultravasan 90K. Just a, a couple of weeks after Sierra's. Uh, actually, yeah. it might have been just a week, a week after, after Sierra. I think. And that, that's a that's pretty... That's a good turnaround. Yeah. yeah. And uh, just off the course record, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was impressive. He's, um, I mean... I mean, we've got to talk about Jim every time we do a pod, right? I mean, we have to. We do. I think we talked a little bit about Sierra's and all on our last we show. We did, yeah. Yes, so we don't have to get too deep into that. He was obviously on the podium there behind uh, another solid performance from Killian, of course. Yep. And then, yes, coming back and winning Ultra Vassin in uh, yeah, fairly dominant fashion. Where do I have that on my list? I think he was about 20 minutes in front. At Ultra Vassin? Yeah. Um, he did 547. I'm not sure who was second. On yeah, that I want to say second place was uh, just over six hours. So Right. Uh, did not get the okay. course record, but I think was second That's or right. third all time on that course. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we do have to do our... our usual uh gym talk but uh, yeah i think that that leadville record is going to have to wait for him for another year maybe oh there it is it's right there uh yep 20 minute margin of victory um and just a week after uh his podium finish at sears and also still on course for his fourth straight ultra runner of the year i guess yeah it's gonna need a big bigger uh, display cabinet for all his awards let's talk a little bit about getting off the trails for a second six days in the dome which the second year of this uh, indoor six-day race that has uh, 24 and 48-hour components as well. Um, I think Joe Fegis is the, I don't know if he's the race director, but the brainchild behind this race. Right. Um, and this, he won the six-day, right? He did win the six-day. Turned into a pretty good battle between yeah, uh, him, Bob Hearn, and I think David Johnstone were, yep. were um, kind of, I mean, Bob Hearn just a master of, pacing and just he even split these, these long races he's unbelievable he's, he's now you know, six days he hadn't really figured out prior to this right i think this was his first really good six day yeah. but uh I, I mean it sounded like joe built a, a big lead as he is wont to do and just kind of dared bob to to come back which he almost did uh the final tally i have here um 532 for joe and 530 i think for bob yeah that's what i see as well yeah <laughs> close yeah over six days i mean that is that's close now that's well off of joe's six-day american record but still very very impressive performances there connie gardner multi-time u.s champ winning the six-day for the women was 420 miles that was that was pretty cool the big news coming out of six days in the dome came in the 24 hour and not by a winning performance in the 24 hour but zach bitter Achieving a kind of career-long goal of breaking the 100-mile world record, which was just one of one of the great performances of the year. Yeah, absolutely incredible. I mean, um, 
That's what was the average uh, six forty sevens or something? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Eleven nineteen, breaking the record by nine minutes. Six forty seven average wow. for a hundred miles. Yeah, that is motoring, absolutely insane. Continuing on, he did go for uh, to to break his own twelve hour world record as well, going right. I think one hundred four point eight eight or something like that, and uh, stopped with about. Uh, six minutes, but he could, probably could have gone to about 105, 106 if he wow. kept pushing. Although, um, I guess at that point, why do you need to? But congratulations to Zach that he's been kind of taking cracks at that for the last couple of years, and it was great to see it come together. Some of his tra- he was posting some of his training runs where he was just, uh, you know, on the track in Arizona in the yeah. summer doing you know twenty and thirty mile runs and a hundred degrees. Wow! And uh, I got to say, six days in the dome. You know, in an indoor on an indoor oversized track, it's a more than four hundred meter track, right? With uh, you know, a guaranteed fifty five degrees and no rain and no wind and anything else. That's pretty good. Yeah, that looks pretty very good. good. Some some solid performances uh, for the twenty four hour. Tor Goodmanson uh, running one thirty three to win the twenty four hour, but um, you know, no, nobody uh, kind of approaching the the world championship qualifying standards yeah. there. Uh, obviously, Zach being the big news there. It, I got to ask you this question because we're getting near the end of the year and, and we're going to have to start voting soon. And this is going to have to be one of, if not the performance of the year. I mean, I've got three contenders for performance of the year right now, two of them world records. This, Jim's obviously 50-mile world record yeah. from the uh, Hoka One One launch party or whatever we want to call that event. Right. And I think you have to put Jim's Western States course record again yeah. up there. I mean, it's early now. We still have a couple months. What way would you lean? Because I'm going to have to vote for this in about two months. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably lean towards uh, Jim's States record. Really? I think That would so. be third for me, I think. Really? Wow. I mean, wow. it's... Look, I, it's just, so, I love States. I know. I, mean, I, I, know, so I love fast. States so much. And it's, it's incredible. But he, he did break it last year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, it was an unbelievably dominant performance but um and but i mean these these are two of the oldest records in in ultra running the 50 mile world record the 100 mile world record and i mean the 100 mile world record that used to be a Giannis chorus record i mean and we know he could run a little (laughs) bit right (laughs) and that guy that guy was a runner yeah so i mean yeah to me I, i think i think i'd put jim's western states run third i think right I don't know. I don't know about if the fifty mile or the hundred mile world record. I don't know which one is. Uh, I mean, tough. is it is it breaking? You know, uh, Bruce Fortis's decades old fifty mile record by under a minute, or is it breaking the hundred mile world record by nine minutes? It's tough. I mean, I I know I think the the hundred mile is pretty special, but you know they're both so special. I mean, very very hard to decide. So glad I don't have to vote on it. Yeah. You can handle the pressure. Come on. I'm going to have to think about it some more. I don't know. I think right now I would lean towards Zach for the performance of the year. Uh, Jim, I mean, Jim is going to obviously get my vote for ultra run of the year unless right. something very, very odd happens in the last couple of months. I, I can't even imagine what that would possibly be. That would uh, cause me not to vote for him for ultra run of the year. All right. What else is going on? 50K Worlds were last month. Saw three guys running 250. That's pretty pretty quick. Yeah. Top U.S. male, uh, Kyle Masterson running 251. Very solid. Zach Ornelas, the U.S. champ. Uh, a little bit of a disappointing finish in the somewhere in the 30s in about 307. Uh, the U.S. women 
running uh, second overall in the team competition. Team competition, yeah, it's good. That was really good. Uh, Courtney Olson, Elizabeth Northern, Carolyn Veltra, uh, Sarah Cummings, Devin Yanko, and Courtney Peterson wanted to shout all of them out. Courtney good. Uh, leading the way in 319. Uh, Elizabeth Northern right behind her. They were five and six. Carolyn Veltra, 324, rounding out the top 10. Um, uh, Allison Dixon from the UK, a 307 new world record for 50K. Yeah, that wow. was really cool. That was really good. And uh, Helen Davis uh, coming in second, also from the UK, as they uh, easily won the team title over yeah. the US. What else? Um, Wasatch 100 yeah. was uh, at the beginning of uh, September. That was uh, pretty good. Our, uh, our man, Jedimus Grinius, doing his uh, Grand Slam of Ultras and winning there. Um, he didn't break the record for the Grand Slam, but he did the Grand Slam. Pretty, yep. pretty cool. Yep. I mean, winning this year's Grand Slam and winning two of the four races, you know, Vermont yep. and Wasatch, which uh, I think the year that Ian Sharman set the record, which was 2013 or 2014, he also won two of the races, I believe. Right. I know he won Leadville that year. And I think he won either Vermont or Wasatch. I don't remember which right. one. And... Uh, yeah, I think uh, Jedi Minas just had a, a tough race in Leadville, and that was kind of where that was he, what cost he dropped the record. a bit of time. But uh, otherwise, you know, yeah, because he was actually a couple couple minutes ahead of Ian's time yeah. at Wasatch, a couple minutes behind at Vermont, or within a few minutes certainly, and and a good bit ahead at at States. Uh, yeah. But but I think it was about a three hour gap. Yeah, I think um, he dropped at yeah, two or three hours at Leadville, which was kind of the undoing still, for still him. Still a still a top ten finish at Leadville. I think he was yeah. seventh, but um, several hours behind uh, Ian, and that that kind of cost him the record. But but finishing the Grand Slam there. Okay, we're back. Some All technical right. difficulties there, uh, but we I think yeah, more or less finished our discussion of of Wasatch. Yes. So we, what we were going to touch on next, but. Actually, before we start touching on next, why don't you fill us up with our next beer? Yeah, we are going to drink the Frost Beer Works Lush Double IPA now. So we had the plush, which was extremely good. Good. I'm going to finish off my little bit of the plush. Thank you, yeah. Kirsten, again. Can I see your ID when you get sick? Yeah, no problem. So as I was saying in our last awesome transition, some good racing in Colorado. Earlier this summer, we wanted to talk about the races at Pikes Peak and, and launch a little bit into talking about the Golden Trail Series, which is, is that Solomon? I should probably know that as a somewhat Solomon guy. Um, yes, it is, I think. The Pikes Peak Marathon, part of the Solomon Trail, no, sorry, the Golden, Golden Trail, Trail Series this yeah. year. And because of that, we saw some excellent racing, including from our man Killian. So let's talk we about, get, yeah. our, get our mandatory Killian talk on. We saw Killian was there. Whenever you see Killian, you assume that records are going to fall. But uh, they Pike, not Pikes fall. Peak, one of the most. I mean, we talked. Yes, we this talked is a about seriously iconic record. Right, we talked I mean, about Leadville insane. as an iconic Carpenter record. This is yeah, probably if you had to pick one record that was associated with Matt Carpenter. Yeah, uh, it's probably Pikes it? Peak three sixteen. Three sixteen. Wow, um, so fast. It, it's so much faster than anyone has run there. It is really ridiculous. Yeah, Killian did a 3.27. Um, it's actually, Sage was second there as well, 3.39. Really good to see him back. Great, great performance from Sage. Kind of had a tough year, you know, a little on and off with his results. I mean, nothing like terrible, but I think, you know, based off his ability and how he's training, should have been, you know, a little bit higher placed. But I think second place there, really good for him. Um, yeah, excellent, excellent run. And then Mark Laurenstein, 
340, a little bit behind him. So that was some cool racing. Maud Mathis winning on the women's side, yeah. uh, 402, uh, about 12 minutes faster than Megan Kimmel's course record set just a year ago. Yeah, impressive run. Very impressive. We do have to mention, as we did after Sierra Zana when she set the course record there. Yep. Sanctioned but not suspended in 2015 for a use of a fertility medication that is right. also a performance-enhancing uh, drug without a therapeutic use exemption. Yeah. So, I, whatever. We, we talked about this a little bit last time when we talked about her amazing performance at Sierra Zanal. And we don't have to belabor the point again, I don't think. I am not a fan of TUEs. Is that kind of like a, a joke there? Fertility drug and laboring the point? Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Especially for you. That's excellent. <laughs> for, for me, that's about as good Just as it gets. Kidding. Anyway. Uh, wow. All right. That was a good one. You, you've, you, you, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit speechless. There. Um, uh, the but yeah, an outstanding sent, run. The Pice Peak Ascent uh, held, I think, the day before. Joe Gray winning for the third time. Kim Dobson for the women for the seventh time. Those two have basically made that race their home yeah. over the last decade or so. I think whenever you're running up a mountain, you're going to use the words Joe Gray. I mean, yeah. he running sort of shorter mountain races, he's basically always there. Yes. Yeah, One really of the cool. all-time greats in U.S. mountain running for sure. Uh, if not... I mean, I don't know if you could call him the greatest, but he's he's certainly up there. Uh, Seth Demore second for the men. Galen Burrell, third. Uh, both good performances there. Uh, Ashley Brazovin for the women. Good to see her in, in on the podium again. I haven't heard much from her this season. It's been a quiet year for Killian, I have to say, just before we leave. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the... With the the baby now, I think he decided that uh, you know do kind of shorter races, a little easier to kind of train for and recover from, and a right. little less time away. Um, I mean, still, you know, running fantastically with you know big win at Pikes. I mean, yeah, you know, he no, he didn't get the course record. He beat Sage by I don't know eleven, twelve minutes, something yeah. like that. And uh, you know, beating Jim earlier this year at Sierra's and all. I mean, more or less is yeah. Home, I mean, home course, also, but still, he had some plans to do some stuff in uh, in the Himalayas. And uh, he'd been out there for a few weeks, but apparently none of the weather windows really worked out. Um, he was there, I think, the last sort of about a month he's been there. And they, actually, I think he's just on his way home and didn't manage to do any of the summits that he planned to do. So I wonder if that was kind of on his mind, you know, doing shorter races, being fresher for whatever he had planned in the uh, the Himalayas. So we'll have to, to see when he when he goes back. Yeah, I don't, and I haven't seen anything from him that indicates he's doing anything big the rest of the year. No, so it doesn't look like it. I mean, it, it may just be, uh, it may, you know, in the Alps, it's probably getting to be schemo season pretty soon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'll and be on that he'll, within he'll be, a few weeks. We'll I see guess. him on skis pretty quickly, and, yep. and that'll probably be it for him running for the year. Um, but I mean, yeah, some great performances, but not kind of the big efforts that we've seen in the past, maybe next year. Uh, we talked about Wasatch. We didn't mention Teresa Kaiser with a, a good win there. Uh, about a one-hour margin of victory in 24-13. Pretty solid on that course. Yeah, very I good. To go back yeah. and touch on that. Uh, what else stu stuck out for you? Uh, you uh, know what was cool in a non-ultra trail running category? Imogene Pass. Have you seen anything about this race? I have not, no. 17-mile trail race from Ure to Telluride. Oh, wow. That sounds cool. It sounds pretty awesome, yeah. right? Point to point. Uh, you know, it looks like... Pretty rugged, but fairly runnable still. Yeah. Timmy Parr, one of the greats of kind of the shorter distance Colorado trail running, winning for the men. Right. And Taylor Nowlin for the women. Um, oh, nice. Continuing her, 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 I would say, meteoric rise in the yeah. sport. 
Uh, also in Colorado, Run Rabbit, the yeah, it's not the richest five thousand dollars cash purse. That is pretty amazing. Fifteen k to the winners on each yeah. side. Now that's a, a good amount of money. That's not the fifty thousand dollars they thought they were going to give to the winners when they first started this race, but still, that's that's a good day out. And Kyle Piatari for the men, uh, who we've talked about on the show before, uh, has garnered many of my <laughs> Ultra Runner of the Year votes in the past. Uh, and a, a multi-time podium finisher at Leadville, I believe, and certainly yep. in the top 10 at States before, yeah. getting yep. a, a hard-fought win over Jim Rebenack there to take home the win. Yeah, apparently he was struggling in sort of the first uh, 30, 40 miles, um, and that those two battled it out for most of the day, and then he, he kind of dropped the hammer with a, a few miles to go and won by five minutes or so, something like that. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty tight battle. Uh, within the... The last ten miles, I think it was down to under a minute between right. the two of them. It was wow. it was a real it was a real dogfight. Jeff Mogavero for fifteen grand for fifteen I mean, k, a good yeah. chunk of money. Exactly, exactly. Uh, love to see Kyle doing it too. He's just he seems like such. I don't know him personally, but seems like a super nice guy. You know, a dad. He still works. You know, as I think a yeah. lawyer or something like that. He's he's does a lot of training on the treadmill. Is that right? Does some treadmill training. Yeah. He's you know still I think still doing like the baby jogger thing. Fortunately, yeah. you and I are past that at this point. Yeah. Thank God. Michelle Yates for the women. She doesn't race a lot anymore with her, her health winning. problems, but a repeat yeah. win there. Third time she's won the the big prize at Run Rabbit, second year in a row. She picks and chooses at this point, and she knows what she's good at. And you know she can't race with the volume that she once did when she was you know really tearing up the sport. But uh, I mean, it was not close. She had to, she had ninety minutes, I think, on second yeah. place. Yeah, that she was did really, really cool. well. And it is really good to see her back. So I know she was quite injured. I think she won a golden ticket at Bandera one year when we were there and turned it down turned based it down. off her, you know, injuries. Saying exactly. She wouldn't be, you know, in good enough uh, health to, to make it. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, up your alley, TDG. I know this is TDG, one of the ones yeah. that you're kind of eyeing a little bit. Boscatelli, 50 years old, won, uh, won the uh, Tour de Jean. That looks pretty amazing, that race. And I know Coop did it this year, and he really had some interesting thoughts on it, just how hard a race it is. John Kelly was out there as well. So there was, uh, you know, some good good U.S. runners, but uh, it just sounds like an incredibly beautiful race and very, very tough. I mean... 205 miles, uh, what is it, about 100,000 feet of climbing? Yeah. I mean, Bossatelli did 72 hours. I mean, it's a long long unreal you know race so pretty cool five hour margin of victory which uh i i, I honestly i can't even tell if that's a lot over 72 it seems like a lot i don't know hard to know I, right I, I have no idea uh john kelly barkley f- former yeah. barkley's finisher yeah coming in 16th pretty solid on the women's side sylvia trigueros trigueros yes, yes. she's won it before yeah repeat win Sixth place overall, 85 hours and some change. Not bad. Very, very impressive. Um, I think that's a course record. Some familiar U.S. names finishing down the standings a little bit. Darcy Pisu on the women's side, Amy yeah. Sproston, uh, Nikki Spinks are yeah, one of our faves. There, yep. Right? yep. What else struck your fancy? Spartathlon. Oh, yeah. I was following this Can for a little while. Can you if you're Hungarian by the looks of it? <laughs> I was following yeah, this until Zach dropped out and then I kind of right. lost interest. Yeah, I was kind of the same, and then I yeah, just kind of I'll look up the results, see what happened. But uh, yeah, it looks like Hungarians absolutely uh, dominant in this race, men yeah. and women. Yeah, both sides, right? Yeah, which was yeah, that was uh, that was interesting, especially and I, I know that the the Japanese have run really well here in the past. Yeah, 
Um, I think we've had some some African folks coming up and doing well there, but uh, that was that was a, a very dominant performance by the Hungarian side on uh, both the men and the women. What else do I have here? Oh, we should mention North Coast 24. It is the U.S. 24-hour championships, uh, a great race that I've run before and really enjoyed. Not a super hot this year. Apparently. Yeah, not right? not I mean, some really hot. Very very hot this year, and and also the fields quite limited because it was only again about a month a- ahead of the world championships yeah. so most of the folks who we would normally consider or many of the folks i should say that we would normally consider contenders for u.s titles electing to skip this time around to prepare for uh the world championships and then you know several other folks who are, have also shown a lot of accomplishment at 24 hours are going to be at bigs next month as well. So decide to skip here. Harvey Lewis, multi-time U S champ and is going to be on the U S team with a a very easy dominant win. Is it 124 or something? He went 130, I think. 130. Okay. And was never really challenged. Uh, show gray came on late and was kind of making up some miles after it cooled off in the evening, but never really got within 12 miles or 15 miles of him or so. Um, and uh, on the women's side, uh, Christy Denton, uh, with the win there, uh, just 105 miles. Uh, uh, you know, it sounded like a very, very difficult day. The, the, it was very humid. The temperatures got up into the high 80s or maybe even the low 90s, I heard. Uh, it just sounded like a very difficult day, and you really couldn't yeah. make any real progress until the sun went cooled down and down. it cooled off. And by that time, you know, it's, you, you might have already sealed your fate. I wanted to mention North Face Wisconsin, which we don't really talk about the North Face trail races a lot with the exception of, of California, which obviously we'll, we'll talk quite a bit about in uh, November and December. But uh, Justin Grunewald with a, a dominant win in the 50 mile there in 602, mm. a very good time on uh, what, what is known to be, I think, a fast course on the Ice Age Trail. But Justin Grunewald, the, the husband of, of Gabe Grunewald, right, the, yeah. uh, the great U.S. miler who passed away earlier this year after a long battle with cancer. Yep. I think we, we forget how good a runner Justin is. He was a, an excellent uh, collegiate runner in his own right. And, right. you know, his he kind of took a backseat to, to Gabe and her career over the last few years. But um, a really fantastic runner, and I'm glad he's getting out. And, and I heard a really, really great interview with him. I think it was Billy Yang again. Right. Goddamn Billy Yang getting yeah. these great, great interviews. But in, in the in the immediate aftermath of Gabe's passing, he was on and just really open and... and um, forthright about everything that had been going on for the last couple of years it was it was great to see him out and and running well there yeah okay we're getting i think near the end of what's been going on i had just the end i think we're peaking don't you mean we haven't spoken about the bear i i'm getting there i'm getting there there were a couple (laughs) more things i wanted to do before we we get there i think maybe we'll finish up with that we did mention the i'm gonna stumble on it again the golden trail series again which is down to its last race uh Pikes Peak was in July or yep. August or so, we and we had Ring of Steel, Steel, which, yeah. I mean, that looks, I that don't know if you saw brutal. any of the video, but that looked fucking terrifying. Yeah, it looked like a lot of people crossing the finish line were covered in blood, which <laughs> always gives you a good indication of how hard the course is going to be. There was one of these drone videos where they're running on like a ridge line. Yeah. But it is literally a sheer drop on either right. side. And I mean, like I'll do a ridge line if there's you know, if you got five or ten yeah. feet on either side. It looked like basically a single track trail and that wow. was it. Like you're falling right off the edge. Yeah. And these guys were hammering over this shit. It was unbelievable. Got some great performances there because I guess 
the way that this Golden Trail series works, and I still I will admit I have not taken the time to really dig into how it works, but but people need to qualify That's to right. keep going yeah. on to the yeah. later races in the series, and and uh, people needed to accumulate points, points or performances yeah. or whatever it was in order to get to the final race in the series. So uh, folks came to to run for sure, and uh, we saw Max with a podium finish, Max King. Easily, to me, his best race of the year, uh, unless you include Mount Marathon in there. Mm-hmm. Um, just one minute out of second place. And Sage, eighth in that yeah. race as well. Uh, we mentioned him earlier at Pikes Peak. And both of them securing spots in the, the quote-unquote final or whatever yeah. it is, which yep. is going to be in Nepal, I think. That's right. Yeah, they uh, have a race out there. That should be, that should be pretty cool. And uh, what else did I want to mention about that? Oh, course record uh, for Judith uh, Wider's the uh, or a former orienteering uh, world champion, I guess. Right. Um, Emily Schmitz for the U.S., uh, who was fifth at OCC. We didn't man- mention her earlier this year, but was fifth in this race as well. And I think she she also qualified for the the final in in Nepal at the Annapurna Trail Marathon. So that'll be at the end of this month. The Barkley Fall Classic. Did you see anything from there? I did see some of it. I saw lots of pictures of people's limbs scratched up and bleeding from the uh, going up rat jaw and the like. Now, we should mention that you had your first exposure to Frozen Head State Park earlier yeah. this month or last I, month as well. I went out to Nashville. I actually thought I was going to Asheville, but my wife informed me <laughs> we were going to Nashville. So when I saw that, I thought I'd get Both in the car and drive. Yeah, I'd get in the car and drive to Frozen Head, and I did an 18-mile loop with... Uh, 5,500 feet again. It was pretty cool. I managed to touch the Golden Gate and, you know, have a look around. It was it was really amazing. Got to see Rat Jaw, and it is insanely steep and dense is it? vegetation at the top of it. Yeah, by the watchtower. It's crazy. Yeah, so, really, I mean, like, really impressive. compare it to something. Could you compare it to anything around here? Nothing. You just couldn't Nothing. get through it. I mean, it was so dense. And I know that Barclay Ford Classic goes up there, and I was like, how is anyone going to get through that? I mean, it was so <laughs> dense. It was crazy. Really interesting story. I don't know if you, you saw this. Uh, Michael du, Dubova, du, Dubova, I think is how you pronounce it. Cross line first in 840. Fairly dominant performance. The The next finisher was over an hour behind and right. then DQ'd himself because apparently he missed a turn. And oh, wow. I think he covered all the necessary climbs, but yeah. he, he said he, you know, had to bushwhack back onto the course or something like that. Right. And, and uh, he recognized that he had gone off at some point and wow. turned himself in. And so the official winner, Frank Gonzalez in 10.03. Uh, wow. Peter Maximow, uh, the the great Colorado trail runner, uh, just a couple minutes back in 10.05. Yeah. Now, that's interesting because if I am correct, the winner of the Barkley Fall Classic gets a, a free pass into Barkley next year. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. So, I mean... Good on you, Michael, for turning yourself in and, and giving up that pass. I mean, if, you, if you're running this race, I assume you want to run Barkley next year. Hopefully, yeah. uh, Laz recognizes that and lets you in because that's... Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good, uh, good thing that he, he admitted to that. Yeah. Liz Canty was fourth overall, first for the women. Yeah, only for her. Only about Excellent. 10 minutes back of the, of the eventual men's yeah. winner. I think she has run Barkley before. She has run Barkley before, yes. So that's I, right. I assume she'll be back there. And one more race I wanted to touch on before we got to, or a couple more, I want to just quickly mention. We mentioned Joe Gray earlier as maybe one of the great U.S. mountain runners of all time. Just a couple weeks ago, winning his fourth straight U.S. mountain running championship at the Waterville Valley Trail Race, securing a spot on the world championship team that will be in Argentina in November. 
Fourth straight U.S. championship, seventh overall for U.S. mountain running, 17th national title. Wow, that is impressive stuff. I mean, he's going to the U.S. Distance Running Hall of Fame. Oh, it has to be. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. so impressive. Uh, Andy Wacker, who might have 10 U.S. championships himself if he were not so yes, unlucky as to be running Joe against Gray. Joe Gray every yeah. time, coming in second, also securing his spot on the team. Top four all getting spots on the team.
happening in the women's race, 
was still 